Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I'm your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined by my guest today, Todd Lieback of Third Kingdom Games. Welcome. Hey, nice to see you. It's good to see you too. Now, I asked Todd on because you've got a book here. What is this? This uh, Could you tell them about Into the Wild a little bit before we get into it? Sure. It was, it was a book that I wrote to, it, it, it compiled five shorter books that I had written that deal mostly with high level D&D, uh, old school essentials specifically, uh, but stuff like domain management, wilderness exploration. Um, there's a, a chapter on building your own character classes and then some alternate character classes that I'd come up with that uh, have a little more customization than standard uh, BX or OSE classes. Yeah, and that's kind of why I asked Todd on today, because I was curious about this whole section of the book is like, hey, you can make your own classes for BX. And I thought, hey, let's talk about that. How do we make our own class? <laughs> What's the first step in doing that? So I guess to start off, when I decided I wanted to figure out a, a methodical way of doing it, I, I started, there's a couple different uh, pre-existing books, um, one of which there's a Dragon Magazine article from, I think, 86 or something that talks about it specifically for, for, for Beckme or for BX. But I found that to be really complicated. There's a lot of math and it just wasn't, wasn't working for me. So I, I went to the AD&D, I think it's the uh, second edition, I think it's the DMG where they talk about it. Yes. Uh, and, they, and, they, and they provide a pretty, a much more simpler system. So what I did is I took that system and then I went through all the classes in, I started with the OSE basics. So the, you know, sort of the, the seven standard classes, the cleric, thief, magic user, and elf, dwarf, halfling. And so I, I sort of backwards engineered it. And then I used the OSC advanced classes and sort of narrowed everything down using those additional classes just to make sure the XP worked out. Okay. The, the, the thing that's challenging about it is it's really it, because there was the, because there was no formula that went into it when the books were first written. There's some stuff that's just unbalanced, like the cleric, the XP for the cleric is lower than it should be. Um, if elves had a realistic XP total, it would be like double what it is right now. You know, elves are super elves are very overpowered for their XP requirement. They take a while to go up in leveled <laughs> yeah. they take a while <laughs> yeah man, but realistic realistically if you look at their you know the ability to cast you have full magic user spell progression while wearing armor while using swords it's <laughs> it's, it, it's way class. overpowered um you know and to some extent they try and limit it by uh attribute requirements by level limits you know but realistically you know most people don't play to that high level you know mm -hmm. yeah it, it's it's a it's it's not something that actually is limited. So when I wrote this, I kind of just broke everything down using the uh, AD and D second edition rules as a guideline, and then what I wrote basically divides it into a uh, a formula where you you go through a, a number of different categories, add up points, and then you, you take that total number of points and multiply it by two hundred, and that's your XP requirement to reach second level. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. So there's when there was a uh, so there's tables throughout here. There's an arcane progression at 100 percent, 75 percent, 50 percent. So 
what we're seeing here is spell level progressions that vary yes. to add to the different classes, correct? Yeah, and so something you can do is you can have the varying degrees of progression, which is basically the rate at which you gain spells per for a class. But then you can also have what's called delayed progression. For instance, the ranger is, has, a, has a delayed progression where they they don't gain the ability to cast spells until a higher level. You know, so, so for instance, mag magic users gain spells at 100% progression. Clerics do, um, clerics gain spells at what's at, at the 75% progression. A cleric start off zero spells first level, correct? Correct. They get their first one at second. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, these tables are basically, you know, and again, like there's so much variation in the existing classes. There wasn't any sort of mathematical rigor that was applied to the initial creation. So it, in a way, you, you have to be a little flexible. You know the yeah. the rules are the rules are really just guidelines. You know, and a, and and a lot of it is just sort of like you can kind of look at a character and like yeah that you know that's, <laughs> that's that seems work. like a pretty good range. So the, this is chapter five in in the book. It's chapter five class building and character options, and it starts off. The first things I see is you got your attack matrix. Normally, like when, we, when we're doing BX or we're doing A, B, and D, you usually do have a, a, an attack matrix chart where you're going to roll and you're going to get your your armor, which you're going to have to hit. Yeah. Now, in modern versions, post third edition especially, they've changed that with a formula that is tends to be a 10 or so is the base armor class for everything. Yeah. And then you add onto that from like decks and armor and other assorted bonuses and go higher. Now, my question is, is there, so there is savings throw progression. Is there a savings throw progression in here for ascending as well as descending, or did you just do descending in here? So what, what the attack matrix means is that it's not the actual table. It's based on a, the class. Okay. So for instance, so for instance, the fight, the fighter has both the, uh, fighter attack matrix and the fighter saving throw matrix, which okay. means, so, 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 so in, in other words, if you look at a table from BX, it's not a smooth progression. You know, at first through third level, uh, the Thaco is 19. And then at fourth level, it jumps to 17 or jumps, it goes down to 17. And then you have three levels at 17 and then it drops down to 14. So it's not an even progression. And one of the things I do when I when I do my classes is I change it a little bit and then I smooth out that progression. So instead of a jump from instead of a jump of two at one level, it would be, for instance, for the fighter, it would be a Thaco of 19 at first and second, and then a Thaco of 18 at third level, and then 17. So, but if you compare the classes, like the fighter is 19, 19, 17, 19, 19, 19, 17. Whereas, say, the cleric is 19, 19, 19, you know, you have 19 for four levels, and then it jumps to 17. So all that the fighter attack matrix means is that you, uh, the class has the same attack, or the same Thaco as a fighter at that level. Okay. And then the, the monster attack matrix is one better than the fighter in that it improves one per level. So, in, a, in other words, a ninth level fighter has a Thaco of 14. Whereas the a ninth 
nine hit dice, monster has a backo of 12. So, so a monster type class progresses faster in their attack matrix than a fighter does. So that's the, that's the best attack matrix. And it's also the most expensive. If that makes sense. That does make sense. That does make sense. So like you said, you've given it a uh, point system. So according to this, the magic users are negative one because they really don't get good bonuses to fighting. <laughs> the cleric. Correct. See for kind of yeah. at zero. The fighter is a plus two and the monster is a plus four. So you just go through this and add. Like if you're using that monster matrix, you're going to you're going to keep on adding that that number. Like you said, you'd multiply it by two. And that's the amount of experience points you need to get to second level. Correct. Yeah, it's 200. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 200, not two. Yeah. <laughs> so you multiply it by 200. And yes, how much you so when going up again. So like I'm going to third level. How does that progression work with experience points? Does it go straight into so 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 what once you determine the XP needed to reach second level, you just continue to multiply by two. Okay. You know, this, this this the same way that the experience tables do, you know, until you hit um until you hit 10th level, at which point, you know, the uh the the various classes have different XP amounts required to hold second. So once you reach sort of like the classic name level or uh, ninth level yeah so for instance clerics once they hit once they hit ninth level their progression you, you, it costs a hundred thousand xp per level uh and then fighters are 1200 or 1200 120,000 per level um and in other words it stops doubling and you, and you get an incremental increase at those high at those higher levels now, also at night, so when we when you it seems to double all the way up to ninth level, and I and every single step up for ninth level for the cleric, you're getting an additional d6. When you stop doubling, you just get so it goes to two thousand from one thousand, and then it yes. goes to three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, six thousand, so on. I'm no longer getting that extra d6. It's just plus one hit point, plus two yes. hit points, plus three hit points. So. The amount of XP needed isn't doubling like it was, but you also aren't continuing to get as high of like hit and dice yeah. added to it and stuff. It, exactly. And technically what it is, is that at 10th and higher levels, the amount of XP you need to increase in a level is equal to the difference or is equal equal to the amount needed to reach ninth level. So for instance, an eighth level magic user needs 150,000 XP to reach ninth level. And then for each level past that, they continue to need 150,000 XP. And the, the cleric to, you know, the cleric to reach um, ninth level needs an extra 100,000 XP. And then so that, that 100,000 becomes the sort of fixed amount you need to progress in level past Nine. The turning undead table. I'm just kind of going through here. Now, optional rules. What do we have? What do we what do we got here in on 163? There's a bunch of different optional stuff you can use. That are these were these taken from existing classes or no? Mostly, it's it was just sort of an attempt to offer some customization. Okay. To the existing classes, you know, I I I do like some of the stuff from third edition onwards, like with the feats from the extra, extra abilities. So I just sort of introduced these as a way to, you know, 
make, make the classes a little more interesting, give you a little more uh, variety in the kind of class you create. You know, it, the other, the thing that it does is that it, it does make the classes, the, the, the characters become more powerful. Oh, yeah. But at the same, you know, I, I offer some suggestions for how to increase, how, how to make monsters more interesting as well. So you also have a few new and revised classes. So these are going to be classes that you have created. Yes. And and a lot of those those options are like, because here's the cleric, they brought it up, the fighter. Um, what are some here that you, so we got the magic user, the thief, those are the four core. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could you tell us about some of the other ones that you threw in here as well? Some of them are just uh, updates, or not updates, but conver- conversions for more modern classes. I've got a Hexblade class, a Warlock class. There's some others that, there's a Berserker, which is sort of a barbarian. Uh, there's a Witch class, which is, the Witch class is very heavily influenced by Terry Pratchett, sort of the, the witches in the Terry Pratchett books. <laughs> and, and the other, one of the other things that I do is a lot of, I, I run very, very humanocentric games where the traditional demi-humans are not character class options. <laughs> in, in, in my campaign setting, dwarves and elves are, are fey creatures that are uncommon and, and not sort of open for, for, PC classes. That's exactly what we've done with the Castle Zicker stage. We started running. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I really appreciate that. Um, so a lot of so, I, but, but I have introduced sort of like, and and this is, I will admit that I'm shamelessly uh, borrowing ideas from a guy named John Stater, who does a lot of hex crawl stuff. There's an artist uh, from the 15th century, I think, named Charles LeBrun. He does a lot of really, really cool like animal studies where he he draws people as if they are influenced, you know, as if they're part animal. John, in one of his uh, nod scenes, introduced it a bunch of bespoke character classes where it was like the goat man and, you know, lion man. Uh, oh, yeah. And I really like that. I like that, too. That's cool stuff. So so I, I took some of the some of the illustrations of Charles LeBron that John didn't use, and I worked up classes for those. So there's a there's a deer folk. I've got a, a horse folk. Some other classes. Excellent. Now we're about out of time. Could you tell the listeners where they can pick up Into the Wild, which is the book we were list- we were just going over about the class built, which has the class building in it, but it's, but that's chapter five, in later, not yeah. the entire book. Uh, could you tell folks where they can pick your stuff up? and uh, find you online you can find it at, on drive through rpg under uh, third kingdom games uh, i've also got a website where you can buy my stuff it's thirdkingdomgames.com um, and you can buy b- both physical and pdf books from my web store and third kingdom games sells a lot a lot of other zines as well is that correct different zines and role-playing books as well yeah, I've got a selection. I've got a steadily growing selection of used books, uh, and I carry zines and um, games by other people as well. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been great talking to you. Learned a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm definitely going to have you on again in the future. That sounds great. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Find us on Facebook. Just search Wildlies and Wizards. Wildliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Crom. We're on Patreon. We could really use support. Patreon.com backslash Wildlies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.